Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and this is the 12th show in 2019. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't been with you in a while. I've been away for a good part of August and here in September, um, but today is my first show, probably in a month, I guess, and I'm going to try to do another one, uh, one other week here, weekend here in September. Uh, then I'm again away for the first two weekends in October, and then I'm back and we'll continue regularly. So trying to hopefully get two shows in a month, um, definitely this month and also next month, but I will have that break again in early October. Um, so I thought today, given that we're we're approaching now a new season, um, and, and of course today is also a full moon, uh, that I thought maybe it'd be kind of interesting to sort of take a look again to see where we are um and 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 again because we sort of get caught up in the day-to-day and the noises of what's driving the news cycle and our own lives in terms of what's happening here and it, and it can get very distracting and confusing and unsettling uh in terms of what we're encountering so i like to pull back and look at um again these universal themes that really are driving the story of all this phenomena there's the phenomena out there and then what we like to call the noumena of what's behind it all that's uh, impelling these great challenges and changes uh, that we face now at this time. So as I said, I'd I'd like to do that looking at these couple of major astrological themes for 2019, which are ongoing and long, long lasting, but also just to make a quick reference then to how this sort of pertains to or illustrated by the conditions we see prevailing here in the USA and the UK, which are very striking in terms of their parallels. So, so again, what, what I would like to do is that what I would argue that the first and most important element, that, oh, again, just to, before I get into that, uh, I, as, again, I want to encourage you to know that you can call in later on in the show uh, to ask any question, including a, a question about this topic, or if you want to ask about your own chart or someone else's chart, just to give me your name or first name, certainly, uh, and date and place of birth, and if you have it, the time of birth, and I can comment on those questions for you. And if you want to reach me for an individual reading, you can certainly, or suggest something to me about a show. Uh, you can reach me through my email, which is my name. It's Bill Atride, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to uh, to uh, talk about that with you. Okay. So, so Getting back to our topic here about these major themes that are driving our story here in 2019, I would argue that the first is this movement that I've been talking about for a long time, noting it since before 2008, of Capricorn, of the planet Pluto moving to the sign of Capricorn from 2008 to 2024. Um, And as I've noted, this passage of Pluto has accompanied the last several major transformations as we move from one kind of spiritual and cultural and economic and political order into another. So if we look back at history, uh, which I I love looking at history and trying to figure out whether the themes that are continuous and continuing and which are changing or evolving over time, during the last period we went at Pluto and Capricorn, um, which was um, in, in, the 15, in the 1700s, right before and right during the American Revolution, in what I, what I would call the crisis of kingdoms, uh, which was most vividly experienced as the American and French revolutions, and the world that had been was torn apart, but what was emerging from really within it, 
the older system of meaning and form was being superseded by a new spiritual, social, and economic order that we have now come to know and experience as our reality in the present-day modern world. Our world is a world of nation-states, which have mostly, to varying degrees, held to some form of representative government that has encompassed the entire world at this point. It is this very nation-state model, our world order, which is coming undone here from 2008 to 2024. So if we look back again to the previous period to look at patterns here, we see that when Pluto was in Capricorn in the early 1500s, the world experienced another catharsis of becoming, as I like to call it, that some have called a crisis of faith, also named the Reformation. There had been then more or less a world formed around one, the one Catholic church and a feudal political economic order with its accompanying ideologies and worldviews that formed and supported that system. Again, as in the period of the 1700s, spiritual and cultural and economic developments emerged in that system that shattered its old ways of being and a new order emerged from within it. It was out of that disorder in the 1500s that there arose the centralized kingdoms or monarchies, and with them there was created a new expression of what it meant to be human, and a new religious, political, economic, and cultural world came into being. Really, that's what I say is that when, when these systems change, we as humans, being that we make who we are and have our beliefs about who we are, we change. So the, the medieval human being is not like the person of the Enlightenment or the revolutionary period of the 1700s or we as humans today. We're constantly forming and transforming ourselves and these systems that we create around ourselves, uh, there is a dynamic interplay of that transformation and movement over time. So really I would argue it is these, this imperative of spirit, the ultimate energy form, which drive this one fundamental imperative for all of what we call life consciousness spirit. That is, it and we and all life forms are here for one thing only. We're here to unfold our spiritual potential. We are here to be and become more and more fulfilled, which means we and all these vehicles or forms of our self-realization must grow and change too. What you and I have to accept and understand is that we are going th what we're going through now is not a unique experience, not at all. It is a truth and a necessary moment in the way of spirit. This is how the journey of spirit will manifest again and again, because it is formed by the one imperative that resides at the core of spirit, and that what is at the core of you and I, which is that we are here to grow. As I've repeatedly stated, this driving force of history arises in and streams forth from every mind and heart and soul. It comes from you and I and everyone. We are the living spirit, and you and your companions are the dreamers and the makers of all of this. Yes, this is the world we humans made, and it is now our time to pass on the best of what was as we take up the challenge as we remake the, this world together. This process of transformation is embodied in and executed three major types, one could argue, of historical characters. The preservers and the creators and the destroyers. 
there are those whose tasks may bend towards trying to preserve and pass down those elements of wisdom, beauty, and love that have and will always stand in these tests of time. There are other agents whose role is to be the bringer of new ways and means that will address the very limits and self-made problems that arose out of the passing order that existed. And there is a role for those who are here to tear down the old ways. They are the agents of catharsis and negation. And they too serve by disrupting the old order to make way for a new one. So accelerating this end of an age for us, this another agent of change that's really come on board here in 2018 and now 19, another what I call wind of the spirit, is carried by the avatar of awakening, the planet Uranus. From 2018-19 until 2026 now, Uranus is back moving through the sign of Taurus. Now, Pluto takes every 250 years. It's a much longer wave phenomena, breaking up these orders and cultures and civilizations, or bringing moments within a greater civilization, one after the other. Uranus gets around in about 84 years, so it'll come around roughly three times in every particular Plutonian cycle, every 80-some years, okay? So, so when we look at Uranus, it's, 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 as before, we can get some understanding of Uranus's influence in Taurus by looking back at other times that it moved through this sign of value. The previous times I would say we should look back to, most, the most recent one, so we can have some sort of reference to it, um, was 1935 to 1942, and then it was 1851 to 1859, and then 1768 to 75. When I read out those periods, I go, oh my goodness, each of those periods led to tremendous disruptions and conflicts in the world. In each of these periods, Uranus as the Awakener accompanied significant shocks and conflicts leading to the upheaval in the hierarchies of fundamental values, which is what Taurus rules, as differing value systems within and between various cultures broke apart the glue that holds societies together. Because when there's a loss of a strong consensus, when we lack a significant agreement on commonly accepted values and virtues, it is then that the center cannot hold because it seemingly, or actually sometimes, does not exist. Looking to the United States, the most recent passage for Uranus in Taurus was the late 30s, which led up to the War of Democracies versus Fascism, or what we now call World War II. In the 1850s, Americans struggled over the fundamental nature of our country. There were huge struggles in the 50s trying to resolve and, and, and try to bridge our differences, which were unbridgeable. And it led to our defining conflict, the Civil War, from 1860 to 65. And of course, for us, as a founding of our country, the 1760s to the 70s witnessed the breakdown between the American colonies and England, which led to the Revolutionary War. So when you think about that, given those three previous passages, we now must be prepared for great changes because we are witnessing the breaking of our old value hierarchy because we are now here to create a new commonly held value system.
I would argue that it maybe is necessary or to do this, we need each of us individually and we need also together in our communities to remember and rely upon the eternal truths that are found in the perennial teachings or ancient wisdom, whether in ancient philosophies, in, in, in great core teachings of, of, of religion and, and science and, and whatever realm you're looking to for something that has proven itself through the course of history and time. By holding to this bedrock of spirit, we can be loving and strong and centered so that we can respond to this challenge with faith not fear. Each of us must find our own way to do our part in this world that is passing. Though this world we made is passing away, there are things that will always remain. These eternal values of the ancient wisdom that stand behind each culture, it is the diamond heart of every civilization found it in the heart of all religions and all philosophies and sciences of every age and are held by the shining ones who hold the archetypes of eternity. In the end, it will always be your joy and your duty to stand in this light and to hold to the path of freer thought, unconditional love, and centered will. The three aspects of the divine, freer thought, unconditional love and remaining centered by your will. You happen to be here at this crucial hour. What a privilege this is. What a responsibility we bear. You have earned this. You are here to be torchbearers of the light. It is no accident. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. You are part of a greater plan. And all those choices you and I made long ago have brought us to this moment now. So sort of bringing it home to, to what we're experiencing right now in the current environment, um, I, I said it, it is quite a moment we find ourselves in and the parallels between what is happening here in the USA and what is happening now across the pond, as they say, in the UK, and really throughout the world for that matter, because everybody is experiencing the world turned upside down and inside out. And there is, there is great chaos and confusion in, in many realms and places. But the parallels between the USA and the UK are simply uncanny. Um, really, the UK is called in some way the mother of modern democracy and certainly is the mother of our democracy. Um, and her child, the United States, is both are both facing fundamental challenges to their political, economic and cultural integrity. And it's uncanny, again, that both are now being led by very similar leaders, men who both happen to be Gemini's. It certainly seems we are in some kind of historical rhyming that is probably no accident. I would most certainly characterize both Boris Johnson and Donald Trump as being or using their Gemini gift of contrariness so as to be agents of disruption who destabilize the rules and customs of the old order. And by throwing out half-truths and falsehoods, they serve to undermine the normal governing consensus and reality 
that we have heretofore relied upon. Their method of ruling is to divide rather than unite. And they are quite extraordinary examples, therefore, of those cathartic and catabolic agents who are serving by bringing about the destruction of the old order. They are not the builders of the new. They are not the preservers of the old, but they serve too, yet they must be counterbalanced and counterpointed by those who create and those who preserve. Each of us must decide what role we are here to play and they can get on with it because the times that we are in are accelerating towards tremendous changes that we will face in the 2020s. There is a sense that a new world is coming upon many, many cultures and people speaking about a change of the world, an end of an age, and we are in it. We are part of it. We are the persons who caused it in many respects by what we did and how we did and acted in previous times and places. And so it is incumbent upon each of us to take responsibility now to choose to do what is right and to be preservers and creators of the new world that is coming. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd like to just, you know, step back like that and just look at the big picture and say, you know, what the heck's going on here and how can we understand how to, to navigate our way through this world that is so troubled um, and remind ourselves, take comfort from the fact that our forebears, our ancestors faced equally challenging moments when they saw their world turned upside down and inside out and they were quite troubled and they thought it was the end of the world, but it wasn't. It was just the end of an age and we are at our own end right now. Okay, so I hope that was interesting and, and confirming or affirmative as, as to what you're trying to understand and experience what's happening down here. And but I'm going to keep talking and writing about this because it, it is quite, quite important to try to make clear what is happening here for all of us so we don't get distracted or pulled to, into side ventures, but stay focused on the, the mighty prize of being the creators of a new world. Um, and, and how important that is. Okay, so I want to now turn to people who've been faithfully hanging on here waiting to talk to me with some questions. And so I'm going to take you in order as I see you here. So let me uh, go to the first listener who's waiting on the line. Hello, this is Bill. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Camilla. How are you? Hi, Camilla. I, I, I got your information, as you know, um, you were hoping I was doing the show last week, and I apologize, I had to reschedule it to this week, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but, oh, uh, no but, but I did keep the information you sent me, and I did load it into the, to the computer here, so I don't need to ask you awesome. why you're calling, you, you, unless, you're, unless your question has changed <laughs> in the intervening week. Uh, I, can I can certainly take a look at um, what you were uh, asking about, which maybe you want to restate it, but I, I, as I see here, it's about relationships and, and this person you have been with, but now an older relationships come back um, and you're wondering, taking a look at these two people, both how do they look on their own merits, I suppose, and, 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 and how do you and they line up with one another, that whole idea of relationship reading, correct? 
Beautifully said. Okay, great. So, so to that end, let's let's take a look at. Um, I think you wanted to start off by looking at this person who's come back. So we call him the old guy, <laughs> as opposed to the the new guy. <laughs> uh, and again, as you know, with mm -hmm. the this old or relationship or the ex, uh, we don't have a time of birth, unfortunately. So I have to be a little more circumspect in what I will say because not everything is available. We don't have a rising sign. We don't have the planets. Uh, position right. in this in, in definite houses, but we certainly can. And, and again, even mm -hmm. even more so, which is kind of striking. I have to remind myself since we do a chart like this set for noon, so it's we're within 12 hours of being correct that way, roughly in the middle there or right in the middle there. Mm -hmm. It would be true also for this person born October 23rd, 1978, at at noon. That means the sun was at the very last degree and minutes of Libra and certainly before the day mm -hmm. would end they would have become a Scorpio so mm -hmm. I'm really stretching myself here because you know <laughs> we don't know if this is a Libra or a Scorpio and even if they are no. a Libra there is so much Scorpio yeah, so in so much Scorpio. You would just exactly. say, well, gee, you know, their their Mercury's in Scorpio, their Venus is in Scorpio, their mm -hmm. Mars is in Scorpio. <laughs> it's like, you know, so they mm -hmm. think like a Scorpio, they want to be a Scorpio, they act like a Scorpio. So maybe it doesn't matter whether knowing their son is Libra or Scorpio. They're so Scorpion anyways. <laughs> They're so watery anyways because their moon, you know, yeah. the second most important feature chart is in Cancer. So right away mm -hmm. you're talking about a person who is deeply affected and moved by that realm of feeling and emotion and though that libra mm -hmm. if it was there would want to make this person impartial and fair and sort of objective there's no way this person could could really pull that off <laughs> and not <laughs> and not be swept by very strong feelings and passions and emotions in their life okay which Mm -hmm. could be wonderful exactly. or could be if they're not working with it properly could lead a lot to a lot of disruption um now mm -hmm. again um the, the, what's beautiful about that chart then is that their moon lines up very well with at least their mercury certainly their venus and mars and a a person who has a, a beautiful alignment of venus and 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 the moon has an extremely strong feeling about um, value and beauty and love. Their aesthetic appreciation is extraordinary and usually, in, whether it's in a woman or man's chart, it indicates a very strong a, a feeling for and empathy for the feminine side of life. So here's a mm. man who has the potential for really getting in touch with his own feminine side and having a much better than experience potentially with any and all women for that very reason um that's the potential mm. i'm not saying it's there uh, but it's still it's something that i would <laughs> i couldn't ignore and then he also has the mercury next to uranus which makes for a really extraordinary mind in terms of its insightfulness its eclectic mm -hmm. nature its contrary nature a people a person really capable of thinking outside the box is what you get with a mm -hmm. mercury uranus alignment so an extraordinary mind is what we see here. Yeah. Um, but of course, his Venus, unlike all the planets move around in regular order, the same direction in the, in the solar system. But because of orbital dynamics, 
either they pass us on the inside or we are they they pass us on the outside we pass them on the inside outer planets and it seems like planets for us on earth here seem to go backwards for a while and one of the planets that does this the least is venus well sure enough he's got venus retrograde which means he's looking to mm -hmm. live out a value system in this life that would depart from the cultural norm so he would look at all his friends growing that up. And, yeah, he'd look at all his friends growing up in high school or in college or colleagues at work and what they would want and go after in terms of love and companionship. And for him, it would not be enough. It would not be right. He's looking for the extraordinary, something greater than, better than, or certainly different than the common. Which, mm -hmm. which can make it harder to achieve because the person, even in a very fine and good relationship, may sense that there's something lacking when there's actually nothing lacking. They're just looking mm -hmm. for that which is maybe not possible here on Earth <laughs> or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, they're, they're looking for that. They're, they're seeking for that. So it's something to, to sort of factor into any relationship they may be in. Now, then we, we turn to look mm -hmm. at your chart, of course. Well, the good thing right there, we're not even looking at the overlay of the planets. I'll get to that second. Of course, is that you're a very watery person. So right away, you come from the same language group. <laughs> you know, we're both of mm -hmm. water. We're both intuitive and empathic and have sensitive feelings. Um, but and so that that's that's a good thing to have there for the relationship any relationship to have that that commonality um but right from the get-go because your your moon's in libra and their sun may be in libra we think that puts their sun potentially on your moon which is even a stronger connection mm -hmm. between two people when they meet each other mm -hmm. it's as if when you're around that person with his sun on your moon it almost gives you permission. You feel like you can just be yourself around them as opposed to having, trying to totally. be trying to be something for them. It's just it's just easier. But it also means the way the moons line up that we're emotionally very different. His moons in cancer, yeah. which means he he responds mm -hmm. to to stimuli by wanting to care for others or be cared for by them, which is fine. But you mm -hmm. respond to the world mm -hmm. with your moon in Libra that we should be fair and equal and reciprocal. And therefore, I don't want to get caught in these kinds of hierarchies or dependencies of taking care of each other. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. it's so so in a way, the way we respond is that you're looking always to keep it fair. And he's looking to be in some kind of relationship. Either you're giving to me or I'm giving to you. That kind of thing. Um, and, and again, you can work mm -hmm. out that and see, well, both these things need to coexist to, to make them work well. If you're overly taking care of somebody, it's just you're creating a situation that's untenable. Um, and if you're just being too fair and too mindful, of totally keeping it equal, that you're never really going to have a, a depth of that experience in terms of giving and giving and giving for a while and then letting it come back. So each of you could have learned from the other, can mm -hmm. learn from each other to try to balance out your emotional predispositions your mercury's mm. line up perfectly which means mentally there is great understanding here between the two of you um and so we're we're on board with each other in terms of communications and even more um mm -hmm. because his saturn is opposite your son this is someone who would feel to you like a very old relationship 
Hi, it's deja vu. Mm -hmm. I've been with this person before. Uh, and so we sort of pick up the story where we left off, one could argue, <laughs> you could, you can argue. Um, but again, but again, we're, we're in new forms and new bodies and new cultures and civilizations. Obviously, it's not the same, but still, there is history here. And that tends to hold people together, makes them think or feel this is worth working on. At the first sign of trouble, I'm not going to throw it away because it matters. And so it tends to hold people together trying to work through stuff. Doesn't mean we are going to work through stuff. Depends on how each of us is set up. But at least it has that sense of, uh, of history to it. That's quite strong. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, another thing with that, though, that strong connection um, is coming in here. Let me see where it comes in. It's his, his Saturn in early Virgo, yes, is lining up with your Mars in early Virgo. And that is a challenging one for romantics and sexual relationship. It can lead to passionate mm -hmm. attraction to start for between two people, like it's off bang, and we're off and running. But then yeah, but then yeah. there's a there's a sense that one party begins to feel the other person's beginning to pull back, beginning to retreat. And and the other one says, oh, my goodness, no, no. And they try to pull them in. And it ends up being this kind of yo-yoing, coming together, pulling apart, coming together, pulling apart. Yep. And what's causing it yep. is fear. It's his fear. Because here Mars is on mm -hmm. his Saturn, which is the planet of fear. And so you have to, what it is, is the fear of, I want to join with you, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose myself in you. And so there has to be the reassurance that no this path of deeper union will not lead to your loss, but to finding your truer self. I'm not going to deny you or take you away. There's no threat here, but that's the fear he would hold. And so mm. he's drawn in a compelled way to be with you. But as he gets closer, then the fears erupt that, oh, my God, I'm going to lose myself. And he pulls the plug and pulls away and you get hurt again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And understand he's doing it not because he's bad. He's doing it because he's afraid. Most people do bad things because mm -hmm. they're afraid. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like that they're bad by nature. It's just they're acting out of fear. And so you have to, in whatever way you can, create a condition that is non-threatening. And when you sense the triggers are beginning to be hit, to try to reassure this person that mm -hmm. it's safe. We're safe here. You're safe here. And you may be able to do that, but you may not. Mm. You may not. I can't say right. how he's going yeah. to respond, but that's definitely going to be one of the things that would make you know make you question, like, what's going on here? Why why is it so powerful yeah. and strong? We both feel this, and then why does he pull away? Because he's afraid. That's exactly what just happened. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what I mean. It was <laughs> magical meeting. Yeah, we yeah. No. It ten years ago, and ran into each other. Well, great. And professes love, all of this, you know, but then just kind of disappears. And you were very on the money about the, like, the Venus wanting something different. Like, I can remember dating him before, and, like, he doesn't believe in marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, right. I, I, I do very much. So. Well, that, well, that's yeah. a big conflict. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. exactly. But, Again, mm -hmm. what does he mean when he says that? He's afraid of whatever in terms of what that means. And, and it's right to think. I mean, people mm -hmm. think, well, gee, you know, we've been together many years. What, is it, what does it mean to go through a ceremony and take oaths? I say, oh, you think that's not going to change things? 
<laughs> I mean, oath taking <laughs> is powerful. Whether you do it before a, a minister or you do it before a judge, when you take an oath, it is meant to change you. It will change you and your relationships. So Absolutely. you better be prepared for that. So he's right to be, you know, <laughs> leery. Uh, but but that, yeah. that but that being said, if that's something that is what relationship is to take that stand in spirit in light in civil or spiritual realms mm -hmm. of commitment to one another is important for yeah. you for various reasons then he would have to rise above his own fear and reticence to do that to work otherwise you know yeah maybe a, a thing he's it chosen work. yeah it won't work it won't work yeah and that, he would go between like not believing in it back in the day or saying like well, of course, I would, you know, probably wind up doing it for, you know, the person that I was married to. I'm like, oh, now it's that. Okay. <laughs> well, well, again, it also triggers your Which thing. Rem it? Remember, you've got Venus opposite the moon. So you're, you have that fear of abandonment. And so also driving yeah. your idea of a deeper commitment through an oath or ceremony is hopefully this means in the background, I won't be abandoned again. But of course, it doesn't guarantee that yeah. at all. <laughs> and if I right. force it, if no, I force him into this, I'm probably guaranteeing that he will break it and pull away and I'll be abandoned once again. I have to overcome my fear in mm. pushing for it. He should want it or it won't mm. be real. Absolutely. Okay, I good. agree good. with that. Okay. So back to the, we'll, we'll finish up here, by back to the new guy, as we call him. <laughs> Um, new you, guy. Yeah, the new guy, the <laughs> totally one who's the, the one born at the full moon, the one we have a time for, the the the, the Capricorn, Moon and Leo, Sagittarius rising person. Um, again, you know, he is very different because he's really a fiery person. So you're dealing with a fiery person versus a watery person, uh, and fiery people are idealists. You know, there oh, is wait, a way. Did I give you the wrong answer? What's that? I'm sorry. I, that's. That doesn't sound right. I think I might have given you the wrong info. Let me see. January. Oh, no, no, no. The, Sorry, the new, the new one is different. I've got a new one, but it's a different new one. Sorry, I didn't put the new new one in. <laughs> I didn't realize oh, okay. there was a, there was a was second like, new one. Old new. Uh, that's old new. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, let me go right in here. Sorry. Let me put I'm, I looked at my, my notes and said, wait that's a minute. You gave me another person, but you call a new <laughs> one. So the new is confusing me. So let's go back. Um takes two seconds to get this in here, but I'm glad you caught that. Had Uranus on my Venus, so. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's, you know, they've been in and out. Okay, so so, so <laughs> let's let's see who the new, the real new guy is. Um, well, still very fiery. I mean, Aries, uh, Virgo rising, yeah. uh, and the Libra moon. Uh, with that again, the Libra moon you both then share. Um, and of course, this person is born mm -hmm. in what we call a bowl pattern. All the planets on one side of the chart, one side is empty. Um, and and um, the, let's see, the very fiery and airy. So this person is an idealist. Uh, and yet they approach the world mm -hmm. pragmatically with that Virgo rising. They want to serve. They want to work. They, they want to find an analytical, purposeful service to their thoughts and ideals. But certainly they are... Of a of a mind that is, you know, um, sort of like the world can be understood rationally and objectively. That's a fundamental belief of a person like this, um, which is fine. Um, mm -hmm. And again, not that you don't have elements of that in your own nature, of course, given that your given that your moon also is in Libra. 
you are fundamentally a water type. Okay, and so you, you approach that world with, the world with that element of feeling to it. What is interesting here, mm -hmm. though, is um, looking at the two charts together, um, you both are born with that moon-Pluto alignment. Your moon conjunct Pluto, mm -hmm. his moon conjunct Pluto. Um, and mm -hmm. a Plutonian experience with the moon means emotionally the, the longing there is for uh, there's a fear of things spinning out of control and a feeling that if I don't control things, things will not work out well. When I'm supposed to break that pattern, realize yeah. I can't control the situation or them. All I can do is right. control me. <laughs> and then I, I approach right. someone and be the way I wish to be, hoping they'll respond with something. But whatever they come back with, that's what I'll deal with and not try to steer them onto a pattern or script so I know where I stand. It's up to you to stand where mm. you stand. And let them be where they are. Ooh, you yeah. broke that down. <laughs> okay. Oh, I gotta say, you broke that down. Okay. So, so, but that means both of you came in with very powerful experiences with the feminine, with the mother. Okay. The, mm -hmm. the moon is the mother, and next to Pluto means she's a powerful person. Either she's controlling or out of control at some points in her life that you then witnessed. And, of course, the messaging for both of you is to free yourself from that archetype, to take control over yourselves emotionally and not let yourself be bowled over by someone who's very controlling coming at you or you out of your own fear trying to mm. control someone because you feel you're going to lose. But by trying to control, you always lose by pushing them away. Right. Okay. Right. So both of you have set right. up a similar lesson here, which can make it quite interesting before, wow, there it is right in front of me and I can't ignore it. So it could it could help, mm. one could argue, um, mm. but it also could, we might just trigger this in each other if we're not careful, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but the moon's in the mm -hmm. same sign means emotionally we are compatible. Um, that's there. But I will have to say there are far fewer alignments between your chart and the old person in this case. In terms of how many planets line up with other planets in the chart, it's you should see all the the elements that are empty here, like no connection between various planets, which is unusual. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what to make of it other than to say that there are some connections, and one of them is that Saturn connection. In this case, it's your Saturn opposite his sun. So you would still have that feeling in this relationship, maybe not as strong as with the older relationship, of deja vu i've been with this person before um of a karmic mm -hmm. connection um but I, I i would think that it's not quite the same here as with the old relation with the, no with it's that not old, yeah you know so yeah no it's not yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay it's not. Yeah. i mean it's it's fresh which is which is good you know mm -hmm. and I mean, I mean, the one thing also, you know, got, the, the Pluto thing is, is big, is big. I like the Pluto thing. I think. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and then also, um, not forgetting that he also has Virgo rising, um, which of course then gives him Pisces setting. And so he's looking for a Piscean mm -hmm. type relationship, which ideally means he's looking for a partner who will share artistic and spiritual pursuits with him. And we'll both lift each other up into greater experiences of spirituality and art or, if he's not taking this the right way, then he's looking to be saved and rescued by a partner or he's looking for people he can save and rescue. Mm -hmm. 
And those relationships in his life are doomed because they start out mm. so unequal. So if he's looking to be rescued mm. or looking to be your rescuer, to be your shining knight, uh-uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not going to work. <laughs> um, mm. But if we... And why is it doomed? Because, because that's because of Pisces on his seventh house. He, he's drawn to the relationships that pull him up because we inspire one another to greater reaches of spirituality and artistic sensibility or we get involved in this saving, rescuing, savior, uh, saving uh, mode mm -hmm. that it starts off so unequal mm. we can never get it back to being a fair reciprocal relationship. So those he wants to avoid. Needs gotcha. To avoid. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 All right. Oh, right. All Thank right. you for that. You're that very was a welcome. great breakdown. You sure. Okay. My pleasure. Good to good to talk to you again. I'm going to move on to another person <laughs> holding on here. Me. Okay, Camilla. But but do stay in touch for and, sure. and feel like calling in again. Please do so. Okay. Thanks so much. Can I listen on? on oh, sure, sure. I'll just, um, let me see what I do here. Let's say mute. I'm going to put you on mute then is what it says. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, caller, it's Bill. Who's calling? Hello? Hey, Bill. I think it's Maggie. Maggie. You, Did you, you hear me? I do hear you. I hear yeah. you. Yep, yep, I hear you. Um, and you okay. said Maggie? Do you have my... Is it, are you the um, July 4th, 55? Yes. Okay. I will bring your chart in. And let me take a look at who we have here. Okay. So what can I do for you today? Well, I don't have a specific question, but I'm just curious about what I might be expecting during this time, maybe the next month or so. Okay. And a year. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. just see where everything's moving right now. Um, probably last time we talked, and it continues to be so for another year and a half, your progress moons in that first house, and that's the, the major driver of internal changes, I would argue. Then we look at other things for external things. And that just means the universe what, is asking... I lost you? Oh, no, I'm here. Do you hear me? Did I, did I cut out for a second? I'm, I'm still here. I can hear you. This happens with Skype sometimes. Okay, now you're back. There you go. Yeah. It's weird. I, you know, okay. I hear you, but you can't hear me, which is not good. <laughs> but I, yeah, I didn't but, hear Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, but, but After again. After next uh, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, so for the next year and a half, that progressed moon is moving through your first house, has been there for some time, and that is the house of who I am. So the universe is, at, you're being asked by the universe to answer a question, who are you? What are you going to call yourself now? How are you going to act in this world? How are you going to hold yourself in your demeanor and disposition and attitude as you encounter the world around you? So it's a time to do a minor or major makeover, like, you know, change the way you hold yourself, your your physical presence, your uh, the way you dress, the way you do your hair on, on simple levels. But more profoundly, the intention and, motivate and motivation behind what you're doing, you want to make sure you're not coming on too strong or coming in too weak, but hitting the mark and having the proper presence for every situation. But many people in a time like this do change some markers of what they identify themselves through vis-a-vis -vis the world. Meanwhile, outwardly in your chart, the great outward timekeeper is also moving through another house of identity. The f houses of identity are the first and seventh and the fourth and the tenth. 
Um, and the 10th house where your Saturn is now is the house of my public life, my professional life, my social accomplishments. And now you're reaping what you've sown. What you've worked on for 15 or more years is now being presented to you here in 18, 19, and 20. And so you are looking at, look where I've come from, look where I've arrived at, okay, what now? Um, and so it is a very serious time to sort of re re reap the benefits of what I've done, but also think about the path ahead and how best to manage or work that in my life is is a front and center question for you right now. And, and um, a person could say, oh, wow, I wish I'd taken a different turn and, and was reaping something differently. Well, this is the time to begin pivoting to make that happen. Um, but some people are at a climactic point in their career and they're really enjoying it, but it begs the question, what comes after this is something they're also dealing with. So um, there's, a lot, there's a lot happening this year with major questions about identity for you. Um, now, Jupiter's always showing you where there's growth and expansion and good fortune coming into our life. And it's, it's spent this year really marching, for the most part, back and forth in your eighth house it danced into your ninth house but it's getting there now to stay here in october and that means coming up in october here and into 2020 um, there's opportunities for growth and travel and study to expand your frames of reference and then in 2020 in january that planet jupiter joins saturn in your 10th house and that's definitely a time where you hit a higher note professionally you you can, if you like what you're doing, you get promoted and raised in that. If you don't like what you're doing, you jump to a better job. If you're in your own business, it grows by leaps and bounds. You're, again, reaping, but in a very bountiful way, you're in your public life and public positions. That should be evident in 2020. So there's a lot going on here, <laughs> actually. Um, now, does will that... Um organically happen um if things will just you know be amped up they they, they will have they will happen but obviously they depend upon us being an actor and agent in that i mean people sometimes say oh bill told me i'm going to get a high note of my career in three years from now so i'll just wait for that to happen i say no 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 that's <laughs> how high it gets to right. depends on the work you did in getting to there but certainly it says the timing is there for you which if you've been looking to make a significant change in directionality in the career to move the business that you're in or the job you're in to a different, finer, higher expression, the timing for that is next year. Um, and an and opportunity may come to you because of that. There may be opportunities really showing up this year because as I look at things, um, the planet of opportunity is that planet Jupiter. And this is the year that Uranus is going over your Jupiter. So there are potential doorways opening this year. Um, one may have presented itself in May or June. Another one's coming here end of October, November, where something suddenly is there from a chance encounter or through a friend. And maybe I can go in a different direction now is something to consider um, during this year also. But I think it leads to the more physical, realized growth coming in 2020. Are you are you looking to change your path or business, or what's what's been happening there? 
I, I guess I'm not um, actively. I, you know, I feel like I've been doing this a long time, and I'm, I'm getting older. And can I schlep all this stuff around all the time? Mm. Continue to. Um, and yet, I feel like it. It is picking up more. You know, it, it seems like I take some steps forward, and then I'm knocked back. But but it does feel like my work that people are liking it. That you know, it just comes out of the blue. Um, and then there's this part of me also that this is very different, and and I think it's more of I just would like to not have the pressure of making living necessarily, but um, I'm loving my garden this summer. <laughs> and, I, you know, it's still, um, I'm not being able to fully eat from it, but not that I would ever anyway, but, and I'm learning that it's the best I've had in a long time. And, you know, and I've been torn between doing the pottery and then spending my time side in the garden and and so I you know I don't really know because of as that I mean that as a career I that's not interesting to me but um right, right. yeah so I, I don't know but I'm trying the other thing that I it hasn't been easy and always and isn't really but is be more open to possibilities that I can't even imagine maybe yet or right that kind of and so I can't say that anything like that has popped up, but but I want to be open if it does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's Uranus is the awakener, and it's going over your own Jupiter this year. Um, and sometimes it comes in a subtle way, just a hint of something, and we have to follow it. But sometimes it's very clear that oh my God, look what's here, uh, and it's more of a shock and an awakening. But still, I would I would say be open to new possible pathways of growth this year and it probably begins really taking off in the next month or so once jupiter gets back into its own natural house the ninth house and then comes to the top of your chart by the beginning of next year you're going to see there's all these opportunities for growth that are coming coming to you and, and are available to you is what should happen okay okay that's yeah that sounds great okay Okay, well, it's yeah, great. Thanks. You're very welcome. Good talking to you again. Yeah, All right. Well, okay. Yeah, you too. Okay. Take care. Sure. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. okay, caller, I'm up to you. Who's this? Hi, this is Annie. Hi, Annie. Hi. Um, How are you, Bill? Thanks I'm I'm the fu- blog talk. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I think uh, I do I have you here too? Let's see. Um, do I have you on my list here? Um, on your list, I don't know. I do. I sent you my chart a couple of months ago. Oh, you did. And um, so, what's what's um, maybe I don't know if I have you in my blog talk database or someone else's data uh, or my my main database. So it's Annie. Oh, you, oh, I see. My, your I, last name is, is blog me. talk. Yeah. So, um, no, are you the April eighth? Uh, 1965. I am. Oh, good. There you go. See, I, I do. see some people list just by their first name, and then some are by their last name. So I'm scanning up and down for Annie, and you're not just one name; you're two names. So you come under N, not A. So that's why. 
I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't find you. I've got a full name here, but thank you. Um, so, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I gotta get something out of my throat here. Ah, talking, talking nonstop does something to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Um, so, what can I do for you today, Annie? Well, I'm curious about relationships. I've been really focused on my work in the last like 10 or 15 years and single for that long. So okay. I'm looking to have more balance, and I didn't know if my chart had any indication, you know, that it's something I could put some energy in and flourish in relationships, primarily intimate. I do have a lot of friends, right. but I'm looking for a romantic partnership. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm going to just... And I have to mute myself here one second so I can cough. A glass of water. I, I, yeah, I'm going to get yeah. it. Hold on. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I put my um, I put my mic back on. You can hear me? I can. Okay, good. Um, so let's see what's going on here. So, um, again, that inner measure of time it's kind of interesting that it's exactly now in this next month or so that your progressed new moon, your progressed moon is actually reaching the point at which your moon was at your birth. And it's called in astrology, a progressed lunar return. <laughs> and, and we look at the first one, which happens in our sort of mid to late 20s, as sort of a harbinger of a person reaching some degree of emotional maturity as a as a young and, and adult ready to move into more mature relationships. And then the second go around like this one happening here in October, obviously coming more in our 50s, is another marker that we're moving into that third phase of life now, where again, we're grappling with these basic needs and urges of of what the good life is and what we now understand as how what we can offer emotionally and what we need to receive from others in terms of nurturing. And you know, of course, nurturing is pretty big for you, given your moon's in cancer. Um, and so that's really what's driving this story. Really, for over a year now, your moon's been in cancer, and it's got about a year more to go. And this is a time when you would be experiencing all this wave of feelings bubbling up from within you. Um, it's almost like, as I would say, the Christmas carol, the, the past emotional experiences, the present emotional circumstances, and that, that home and emotional life that's out there in my future. You're, you're, you're trying to see how they all are tied together in your need to be cared for and to show your care for others right now. So it's all about home. It's all about family. It's all about security. It's all about feeling centered and, and having a centering experience in terms of a authentic and real experience of caring for one another. I like it. Like you say, you have friends. Um, and of course, there's an element of that in a friendship, but there's much more of that available and needed in a in a real day in day out intimate relationship. Of course, um, so that's one thing driving this sense that um, I'm looking for that or needing that. Um, and and then then that outer timekeeper as well, our good friend Saturn it's marching through that opposite point in space. So your progressed moon's at the top of the chart going over your natal moon. At the same time this year, good old Saturn's at the bottom of the chart going over your moon by opposing it. 
Um, but equally, because of the way your chart's set up, it's opposite your moon and squaring your Venus and sun. It's a very complex set of alignments. So Saturn on the moon is saying, I would need to, I want to have deeper feelings and I've got to make myself open and available to them because I have to ask for it, but I also have to look to see where I'm needed to be helping and serving or caring for another to have that reciprocity. And, and certainly with Saturn on Venus, which is again, every seven or eight years, Venus is the planet of value, beauty, and love. Um, and with Saturn on your Venus, you're asking, you know, how is it that I, what do I value in myself? What do I value in others? Where can I find, can I find that intersection of shared value with a significant other? Um, and so your Saturn and Venus every seven, eight years is a test of love. Do I feel loved? Mm. Um, and of course, what we're reminded, hopefully, each time this happens every seven, eight years is of course you're loved because that's what you're made of <laughs> you're 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 at the at the beginning at the core of all of creation and every one of us is a spark of the divine and it's pure nature and pure f energy form is pure unconditional love so we got that but holding that and holding to that is the key to staying spiritually centered because people who are looking for love constantly they can't find it because they don't realize that they've started with the wrong understanding. You've got to come from that love and, and, and let that shine. And then love is found all around you. So this is just reminding you that the love is there within you, your love of yourself and your life and how you create and all these things you do are examples of the love that you embody. And then you just want to extend it to the next circle of having that be shared with someone who has similar or aligning sensibilities with your own in terms of what is beautiful and meaningful that you could share your experience with them in that. Um, but definitely there'd be this longing this year, questioning about love. And that's because of Saturn going over Venus. And you said that's probably one more year, that, that kind of phase that I'm in? Mm -hmm. um, I would say that Saturn came over your moon and your Venus in February came back across here in June and July and they finish it finishes up now in November into early December at that point uh, this pressure if you will this awareness of testing and sense of lack or challenge in this matter subsides and you're in a 90 seconds you could say you're in a better place uh, after that has concluded exactly cool that was really helpful and super insightful to what I'm go what's going on right now in my life. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I'm so happy. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Okay, Annie, we'll stay in touch. Call in again and I'll speak to you later then, okay? Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Be well. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sixty seconds. Well, okay, listeners. Um that was wonderful. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm thinking I might take uh some of my thoughts there, my notes there, and, and maybe make it into a posting in the blog so people can also read it, which is often very helpful. And again, I'll probably do another show either this coming Saturday, uh, which would be the 21st or then or the 28th. And who knows, maybe I'll do both. 
and then I'll be away again for two weeks in the first two weeks of October. So it was great being with you all today, and I look forward to our next time together. Bye for now.